This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies ed tech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and it helps you assess student performance through actionable real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of different tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com forward slash B-E. That's IXL.com forward slash B-E. TL Talk Radio Season 3, Episode 7. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 7 of TL Talk Radio, a regular podcast with Lynn Funy-Hetton and Randy Ziegenfuss, where our goal is to engage you in learning, motivate you to share your work, and inspire you to lead for the change we need in schools for the digital age. I'm Randy Ziegenfuss. And I'm Lynn Funy-Hetton. Good afternoon, Randy. Good afternoon. So today we're speaking with Barbara Bray, and our listeners may remember our chat with Barbara last season in Episode 5. Barbara was one of our very first book author interviews, and uh, she kicked off that great series with us. And it's so great to have her back again. Um, She's doing some different work now. She's a creative learning strategist who believes that anyone at any age can learn. She has worked with schools, districts, individuals, businesses, and nonprofit agencies around the world. And her dream was to create an online place that was safe and secure with all the tools and resources in one place. And she did that with her My E-Coach, as early as 1999, way before we had the blogs, wikis, Twitter, and Facebook. Barbara's what you call a digital pioneer, coining and trademarking the phrase, making learning personal in 2000. Now personalized learning has become more and more popular. It's just what has to be, starting with the learner. So Barbara and Kathleen McClaskey started personalized learning in 2012, co-authored two books, Make Learning Personal, in 2014, and How to Personalize Learning that came out this past October. Barbara's now focusing on change, deeper learning, design thinking, project-based learning, and facilitating the design of coaching programs and learner-centered environments. Welcome to the podcast again, Barbara. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me back here. (laughs) I just love it. All right. So we're looking forward to chatting about uh, some new topics, including uh, this new book that you have uh, that's only a couple months out there. So let's start the conversation around that new book called How to Personalize Learning. Give us an overview of the book and why we as educators might really be interested in reading this. Well, thank you so much for mentioning the book. I we have our first book was Making Learning Personal, and uh, we got a lot of good feedback. And our publisher is Corwin. And um, th- not only Corwin, but several people were saying, well, you know, it'd really be nice if we could go a little deeper around the how. And so um, when we talked to them, they said, uh, what about a practical guide? So it's how to personalize learning, a practical guide to getting started and going deeper. And we, you know, we, we started looking at what it is they needed based on that other book. They really needed some uh, resources. They needed a way um, 
to be able to have some steps on how they could take some of the things that were in the first book. Like I, we talked last time, I think about the PDI chart. One of the things that uh, we found is that we have these activities we do when we go out and work with schools. So we decided to take the activities, put them in this new book, provide some examples, links. We made a companion website and we think uh, we, we've said it's not just for teachers. We wanted to do it for administrators and parents. So that's what we did. <laughs> yeah. I, what I, what I really like about it is that there's lots of practical, uh, ways of approaching personalized learning. You give lots of uh, exercises and activities uh, for us to help others understand exactly what this is. And, you know, we, I mentioned before we started recording the show, the uh, both Lynn and I were at AASA, uh, the National Conference on Education in New Orleans. And that phrase, personalized learning, is being uh, discussed quite a bit. And it was um, really interesting to see all the different shades of interpretation around what that is. And, and you know, sort of minor frustration is, is how many uh, educators approach this idea not from the learner lens, uh, but from the teacher and the system. And, um, you know, like, I will personalize that learning for you. And, and it's, it's a... Uh, it's wonderful when you when you have that sort of revelation and it, it, you get to shift to, towards that learner. Um, but I think that your your book, the, both the first one and of course now the second one, um, really can help us as educators uh, understand and develop that common understanding of what exactly this is and what it looks like. Thank you for saying that because one of the things that um, we found is that if there wasn't a common language, you couldn't really change the culture. And uh, when we went all uh, to conferences like you did, there was a lot of confusion about what personalized learning means. And um, in fact, it still is, like you said. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's like we talk past each other when we're not yeah. when we're not approaching it through that same yeah. paradigm, that same lens. It's very easy to to not even realize we're talking about different things, but. When you do realize that, it's it gets kind of frustrating. So let's shift a little bit. And um, Randy and I spent a good part of last year defining our learning beliefs uh, for our organization. And we used a, a comprehensive process and involved many of our stakeholders. Um, one of our beliefs is around this idea of learner agency that we've just started to, to talk about a little bit. Share with us your thoughts on learner agency and why it's so important for today's learners you know, both young and old, and, you know, how that connects with personalized learning. This really means a lot to us and to me, um, because uh, the world is changing so fast. It's, and the expectations for work right now, um, play and life <laughs> means something different for young and old. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, um, since the world is changing, and school has not, we're not preparing our kids for that world. And so um, some of this is what's happened is technology. Technology has impacted everything. And we need people who kind of know who they are as learners and know how to acquire the skills that they will need to self-direct and be self-determined, mm -hmm. independent learners. Um they also are going to need to have a purpose for learning. And right now the purpose seems to be to follow orders and do what is <laughs> compliance. mandated. 
compliance. compliance. Oh, I was going to, yeah, that word. I'm going to be bringing it up again, but um, <laughs> I mean, one of the things that I found that's really hard is that when I was with some teachers at this last few conferences and I sat with them, some of them, uh, when I mentioned, I did uh, another talk on the future of learning that I had done a little Ignite at Educon where I met uh, Randy and um, I said, I'm going to take it a little bit deeper. And some of the teachers sat with me and when we facilitated at the table, their ideas. And one of the things teachers said is, I could never do this. I could never do this. This is So I'm going to talk a little bit about that again. But I, I think the problem is teachers are so the ones that are responsible. They're the ones accountable. And um, they, we need to turn it over so the responsibility is on the learner. So they um, own it and they want to learn. And so in our new book, we have chapter three is all about learner agency. Um, we did a whole thing on collaborative blog series on agency with the Institute for Personalized Learning from Wisconsin because we felt agency was, if you can define that, it makes a little more sense. Um, we also took those um, ideas of what is voice, what is choice, what is all of those, and made them into continuums. I don't know if you've seen some of the mm-hmm. continuums, mm-hmm. but um, the continuums are like on voice, takes you all the way up to become an activist and um, really share what you believe in and become an advocate. Uh, the one on self-efficacy get, goes up to um, self-determination. So you take over and become... Um, the one who's you know owns the process, so we took that process, put it in. I'm, I'm I might be going too detailed, but I just want to kind of share what's in the book. But, um, but we took the detail of voice choice and the seven continu- you know all those continuums, and we turned them into a crosswalk across the stages, and that's on the front cover inside the front cover of our book. Because we figured if you could look at that and see where you kids could be, where you could be, if you're in a teacher-centered environment, well, maybe there's some activities you can do with bringing in voice and choice. Mm-hmm. We want to just give them something to use. Mm-hmm. Did you see? I don't know if you got to see that mm-hmm. or not. but Yeah, so there's like these different shades of voice and different shades of choice from the most simple to the most developed. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, and we and we based it on research from the students at the center and other uh, places that are doing a lot of work on um, basically on self determination and and agency and what that means. And um, some people found that is a little bit easier to wrap their hands around than personalized learning. Mm-hmm. It it makes sense if you're saying I want our kids to become independent, self directed learners with it you know with agency mm-hmm. and or if you say personalized learning you might have multiple definitions of that but agency might be easier put to wrap your hands around mm-hmm. so yeah, this, you've made it quantifiable with those sliding scales yes that's and and some teachers told us when we do i i, I do a lot of coaching and they'll take that crosswalk or the pdi chart and they'll look at it and circle where they are mm-hmm. So if they want support and move to the next level, it's very apparent on the um, on the form. 
they can actually see, well, this is kind of what I do and I'd like to move here. What kind of support and resources do I need? Mm-hmm. So that that's ac- why we did that. That actually might be good uh, resource for us to use in our next PD session, Lynn. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing and only, you know, just reflecting on how valuable your PDI chart has has been for us and also for groups with with whom we've shared it. Um, this could be a next step for us, mm-hmm. yeah. As we try okay. to quantify some of some of our visioning and build some shared understanding. Yeah, and we put an activity in there for the PDI chart too. It's mm-hmm. in the book and mm-hmm. um, where we we've done that so many times. In fact, I want to give a shout out to the person who gave it to us is Sandra Baker from uh, Green River Education Center in um, I, I don't know, it's called Grec in uh, southeastern Kentucky. We started doing this work with the PDI chart and she came up with that activity. So, you know, we learned, we're constantly Mm -hmm. learning. It doesn't matter your age. That's the thing. You got to be open to know that maybe there's a better way Mm -hmm. and and be able to collaborate with others. And so we've been really lucky who we've met. I love love that you just said, you know, we're we're all learners. Uh, And Uh this morning, and we had a administration, our monthly administration team meeting, and we were talking about this idea of a learner agency. And that learner agency isn't just something that we want to have in the classroom. Learner agency is something that we want to have across the whole system. And how do we as adults reflect uh, agency? You know, if we're a leader, how do we how do we um, lead through this? lens of agency like how we're not directing people to do things but we're Mm -hmm. allowing them giving them the space to take some ownership of that so whether it's children adults young or old what are the challenges that you see that are keeping us from developing something like learner agency or any of these skills or dispositions that we need uh, to be successful in the future, in this changing world, largely being changed by technology? Well, we already talked about it, but mindset is one of the biggest things Mm -hmm. is that, um, and the system. Um, I'm just going to start with kids. And I I guess it actually involves all of us, but we're taught compliancy right from when school starts. And there's this learned helplessness that you seem to adopt. I worked with a group, um, a high school, in Southern California, where I remember the kids saw, you know, we were talking about personalized learning, and they um, first thing they said is, "Oh, well, well, wait a minute. What about my grades? What, what am I going to tell my parents? I if isn't the teacher supposed to teach me?" And 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 it was everything that seems to be, you know, embedded in there. Mm-hmm. And teachers, then I uh, mentioned some things to teachers about the future of learning. And some of them were really scared because what do I do? I have to teach to the test. I have to, um, I have to meet all the standards. And it, it seems to be that first thing that comes out of their mouth is, yes, I'd like to do it, but. So when Randy and I was in my session at my conversations at Educon, I did this uh, activity called Yes, But, and mm-hmm. Yes, And. Uh-huh. And uh one of the things I try to do is get people to look through a different lens, experience some of that frustration, get it out. So you even in a very short time, it's a design thinking um, activity. Um, and then try to get a way of taking that same concern and expand on it, looking for, you know, opportunities. 
But I'll tell you, trying to change them, if, if they could know that the status quo, maybe it's not working, we can look for something else. We, that's been my main concern is how do you change this mindset? And, um, and one other um, is you'll work, you'll change something. You'll get a school or a district working really well, and then you get someone else in with another vision. Mm. And mm-hmm. that's scary. That, that's, a, that's a challenge for people because then how do you get it? So when things are working really well, how do you prove that it's doing well, and then you can continue it even with a, someone with a different direction. Mm-hmm. So that consistent leadership mm-hmm. makes a difference. And sustained, yeah. sustained yeah. leadership. So we're thinking about a more intentional focus on project-based learning for next year. How do you think project-based learning um, can contribute to some of these ideas that we're talking about in order to transform learning? Well, first, in projects and project-based learning, because there are some teachers that are doing projects and the same project every year they've done for 20 years or something. And, and they think that that's enough and the kids like the projects, but they have no ownership. So I try to explain um, that it can, you can transform learning if you teach them the process and you get them involved in the process. And I even see it going deeper um, using problem-based or challenge-based learning and design thinking so you can get um start with empathy looking for a real problem that's maybe a real world problem that's in their own community because um i'm going to give you an idea of what uh and i'll tell you about a school um some other things that other schools are doing but i like it when the kids use the an i choose or ed camp model where they identify the problems or question and they put them on um flip charts and self-select what they would like to work on and what happens is they go around the room and they'll say well we're going to do something on sustainability oh gosh i want to work on litter then they put their name up there and the one that bubbles up the most that's the ones that go and this changes the dynamics in the classroom and they can also identify and articulate the standards that they met, demonstrate the evidence. Mm-hmm. It, everything starts changing when you give it to the kids. So, <laughs> so how do you, how, how would a teacher um, address a situation where, let's say I'm teaching fifth or sixth grade and my kids have been through the system um, where the agency has not been given to them. And now I've got a teacher that's giving me this agency and I'm a little resistant. How do you suggest that teachers, how do you coach teachers to uh, overcome that barrier? Well, first thing is um, I'm actually going to be working with uh, some teachers. I just got a coaching job here in California, so I'm real excited. But that's the actual issue. <laughs> so I'm going to brainstorm with you some of the things I might be doing is um, first I want to get to know the teachers. I want to know how they teach. I want to see their lessons and look at uh, some strategies on how they can implement uh, ways of bringing in voice. Maybe they're not ready for a whole project yet, but they might be ready to let go of letting them come up with some questions. They might be ready for them to work in pairs on one part of the lesson. So I'm going to slowly try to interject some of the uh, elements of PBL and personalized learning so they feel they can let go a little bit and see if they're comfortable with Mm -hmm. it. 
Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Because if you but jump in and they're not successful and they're they're looking for any excuse to make it not work, it'll happen. Mm-hmm. But if you go slow and help them over time, so luckily I'll have about three months with them. And we'll just take one th- one or two things, start to get to know the kids. Because if, you if you're in the beginning of the year, I always say it's best not to start academics right away. Get to know the kids, figure out what their prior knowledge is, and um, involve them in what is expected of them, and um, help them develop a plan on how they might meet some of these standards and look where some of the strengths and challenges. I mean, there's so many things they can do if they don't just jump right into academics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So okay. plan plan not to go from zero to 100, go from mm-hmm. zero to 10, and then gradually release or ramp it up a little bit closer to ultimate agency or, or any one of those skills. Well, I was just going to say, I worked with a school down in uh, Riverside where they decided to do that same idea and they had me come in and observe and talk to the kids later. And some of the kids were really excited about how they could demonstrate and articulate some of the standards. Um, and it was around, because they were given some autonomy and, and uh, choosing what they wanted to do and they could work alone or with somebody, um, it was really exciting to talk to this one child who was doing Minecraft and um actually articulated how he met figurative language Mm. and uh, this he never knew what it was before but he was all excited about how he did it Mm -hmm. and so that ownership of even meeting standards is um doesn't sound real um exciting but to that child it was Mm -hmm. when we own it it's exciting when we have ownership Uh of it when it's being done to us sometimes not so much (laughs) <laughs> so you've you mentioned a number of times that you're working with various schools. Could you share with us and those who are listening to the podcast around the country, what would be some really top-notch models of schools or districts that are doing this kind of work, that are really pushing into creating learning opportunities that are going to really help prepare those kids for that future with those skills that they're going to need? What are some good examples that you could share with us? Well, last week I was in Maryland and I got to visit an amazing school. It's a charter school. It's a K-12 school, but they have the high school. It's called City Neighbors High School. And um, when I walked in, the kids were, you know, sitting around and they, they were... Everyone was happy. They were sitting in the hall. They were out, inside and outside. They changed the de- design of the school. Mm-hmm. And um, they have advisories every day. Um, they have it so that every junior has an internship. Um, and they go once a week. And there, there were so many things there in the design that the, kid, the kids designed the cafeteria. So they, came, they showed me what the cafeteria looked like. I was just So that's called City Neighbors High School. Uh, in Baltimore, Maryland. Um, another one is Harrisburg, South Dakota. The um, the middle school there, Darren Elwin is the um, principal, and he's a kick. His kids are amazing. They Every Friday they do I Choose, and it's like that genius hours, but it's the whole day, and they use a scheduling program where the kids can schedule themselves and then he walks around the school periscoping and asking the kids, well, where are you now? And, and they'll be working in groups or working on yoga or working on coding 
and the kids, <laughs> I mean, it is the, uh, just what he did was take this a step further and really do the ownership. So it's like an ed camp, but it's for kids. Mm-hmm. And the kids use a scheduling program and control it. Mm. It's amazing. I have a lot more, but, um, but I can tell you about some models that I really like people to look at that are just big models. Mm-hmm. There's Reggio. It's Reggio Amelia. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you know about that, but it's, mm-hmm. I found that the model of making the environment, the third educator, like they do mm-hmm. really impacts the school. If you change the way it looks and feels and that's what they do, but they also have it. So the kids are, um, self-directed, even though it started in a child, a preschool, it's expanding to K-12 now. One more is Liberty Elementary in Missouri. Um, it, what they did, it's, no, it's uh, Epic Elementary in Liberty School District in Missouri. They um, uh, created studios. So they don't ta- call them classes. And they changed the whole um, school. So it's designed uh, to make it very comfortable wherever you are. And it's all around project-based learning and STEM. And uh, the principal, all these places are really open to people visiting and um, plan to put a lot of more up. I'm going to even try to put up um, resources and books and other things to help people so they can kind of get some other ideas about where they could maybe visit. And Very, yeah. help, very helpful examples. And uh, last season, season two, episode 39, we got to learn about City Neighbors, which you mentioned. Uh, so oh. we we interviewed Bobby McDonald, and yeah, uh, that's who I was. Fascinating uh-huh. school, yes. And we didn't get to see it like you got to see it, but we did get to hear <laughs> about it uh, from Bobby. So our listeners could go visit tltalkradio.org and check out season two, episode thirty nine, to learn a little bit more about City Neighbors. Uh, oh, cool! So excellent, excellent. Uh, thanking, uh, thank you for sharing some of those examples. Good connections, good connections. So you talked to us a little bit about what you're working on. You mentioned that you're doing some coaching. Um, what else might like might you like to do to help schools? And then we also do have listed in the show notes where listeners can connect with you a lot of different places. But if there's anything else you'd like to share, we'd love to hear that as well. Well, um, I'm doing a lot of conferences. I'm going around and um, I was just in Delaware uh with the Rodell Foundation and then the Mid-Atlantic Conference on Personalized Learning in Maryland. And um, and I'm doing work with other, you know, lots of different people. I'm trying to collaborate. Kathleen and I are doing, uh, you know, work, but we, we're finding that we're going in different directions. And one of the directions I'm going at the end, um, in May, I'm going to New Zealand and I'll be uh, doing a keynote and two um, and presentations at two locations there, but I'm going to be visiting a lot of schools, so I'm going to write about those. I also, um, and I'm very excited about that. <laughs> uh, I'm also sounds working, exciting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm also working with Digital Promise mm. um, on the micro credentials. I've been working with them for several years, and now I'm an uh, assessor, and I'm. Decided that I'm going to do a, be a host on our P Learn chat. We do Twitter chats, mm-hmm. so it's P Learn chat uh, on April third. 
I'm going to be um, have a digital promise that's going to co-host with me about micro credentials. And um, Ooh, that sounds interesting. Yeah, so I'll put that up. Um, we have a P Learn chat uh, next Monday, and Kathleen's going to be hosting that on UDL, ESSA, and personalized competency based with knowledge work. So we're both trying to reach out to other people to co host with. So I'll try to give you that information so you can share that. And um, I'm going to be starting a podcast just like you're doing, but a little different. <laughs> yeah, it's called Conversations on Learning, and my son is helping me. He's uh, So we did one together just to see what it was like, and it was so fantastic. It was kind of open conversations, mm-hmm. and I found out something new about my son. I didn't even know. And so uh, we decided <laughs> if you do a conversation and you're able to make it so they feel really comfortable, hopefully mm-hmm. things will open up. So it's going to be a little different. So I'm going to be changing my website, Rethinking Learning and opening up and putting guest posts and hopefully have you guest post and <laughs> share what you're doing. So that's kind of the beginning. I don't know where I'm going to end up. I'm, I'm having fun. Yeah, it sounds very exciting. Sounds like there are lots of opportunities ahead. That's yes. what we love about Barbara. She's always reinventing herself. Yeah, that's always amazing. Always coming up with some great ideas that help us in the field uh, learn more about some of these topics like personalized learning, future of learning, uh, learner agency, competency-based, all sorts of good stuff. So you're really wow. helping us uh, push our practice. Yeah, so um, we encourage our listeners to follow your work. And as you continue to evolve, um, check back and connect with you. Check out your your website, barbarabray.net, and personalizedlearning.com. They can connect with you on Facebook, uh, Barbara Bray, and Twitter, bbray27. We have all those connections in our show notes for our listeners. Well, thanks again, Barbara. This has been a really fun conversation. Enjoyed reconnecting with you. Uh, since our last podcast and since I last saw you at Educon. Oh, thank you. Uh, This has been wonderful. I really appreciate it. Our pleasure. Each episode, we leave you with a couple of questions to think about with the idea of provoking conversation. This episode's questions, how do you create the conditions for learner agency in your classroom or school? And what are the first steps you can take to help learners personalize their own learning? If you've enjoyed today's episode, would like to comment or just find out more about the resources and links we shared in today's episode, check out the show notes at tltalkradio.org and look for season three, episode seven. We'd love for you to rate the show on iTunes. Let us know your star rating and consider leaving a one or two sentence review. If you have time to do that, you'll help new folks discover this content. That's it for now. We'll talk to you later next episode for a conversation with another innovative thought leader. Thanks again, Barbara. Thanks, Barbara. Oh, thank you. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, 
and improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com forward slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all of these goals. That's IXL.com forward slash BE.